Well, hey there, everybody. I hope you guys are having a blessed night. I am extremely excited to be in the studio tonight. Uh, most would say, Tanner, you're not in a studio, but to me, this is a studio. I'm at my home church in uh, Huntington, Texas. By the way, shouts out Pastor John, the goat of pastors, the greatest pastor shepherd of all time, all right? If you are looking for a church or your church hasn't opened back up, or for whatever reason you feel like you're not where you need to be and you're not receiving what you need to receive, I want to encourage you to come visit us every Sunday morning. Uh, the address is 306 U.S. Highway 69 South, Huntington, Texas, 75949. Took me a minute there to remember the address. Um, I'm not I'm not super super used to uh, the church address somehow some way I've been here for over two years now so I don't know why but wanted to get that out of the way tell you guys that if you guys are looking for a church and you're within 30 miles of this place get here tomorrow service starts at 10:30 worship is going to be off the chain obviously Pastor John is bringing a message he's going to let let the Lord speak. Through him tomorrow, it's going to be amazing. You do not want to miss it. Uh, I want to encourage you to come out tomorrow. However, my wife and I will not be here tomorrow. We will be in Timson, Texas, bringing Holy Ghost fire and revival to a church there. It's actually pretty cool. The story behind uh, how we got that uh, how we got that church is actually pretty pretty cool. So I'll just give you guys a, a rundown of how how that happened, what took place. So unfortunately, uh, my wife's grandpa, who was like a, a second dad to her, passed away, uh, and they were they wanted to put on not a funeral, but they wanted to put on a celebration of live service, and uh, some so they asked me to do it. I don't know why they asked me to do it. I guess they didn't have anybody better. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, and so I went and I did it and I, I, I preached that and I guess there was a few people there that uh, really enjoyed the way that I presented the gospel message. Um, and so we actually had a couple of offers to come speak at different churches and so we did end up taking one of those and that will be tomorrow in Timson, Texas. Um, if you are anywhere in the Nacogdoches, Timpson area, and you happen to be watching this broadcast, I want to encourage you to be there. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be an amazing time. It's going to be wonderful. But if you go to church here, hear me out. Come to church here in Huntington. Pastor John is going to, man, the devil is going to have a bad day in two locations at once tomorrow. Pastor John's going to be uh, holding him down and beating his face in, and I'm going to be uh, kicking him in the keister. Uh, in Timson. So I want to encourage you if you are uh, anywhere in the East Texas area, there is revival Holy Ghost fire being brought tomorrow in two locations Huntington, Texas, Timson, Texas. My wife and I will be in Timson. Um, it's going to be amazing. We are believing and, and proclaiming that God is going to revive this church in Timson, Texas. They are going to receive a double dose of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. In fact, if you will, if you will, right where you're at, if you'll bow your head and you'll pray with me, we're going to pray in faith for the meeting tomorrow for my wife and I. Lord, we give you thanks and we give you glory and we give you praise, God. We thank you so much for this opportunity that we get. We thank you that you have equipped us. We have what we need to be able to go to this place and, and, and usher in your presence and lives be changed in a way that no one could give anyone the glory besides you, God. We thank you tomorrow that the sick will be healed, blind eyes will be open. If there's anyone in that church that has cancer, God, there, I'm going to lay my hands on a cancer patient. And when I take my hands off, she will have no cancer left. 
Hallelujah. I speak in faith that this is going to be the most powerful time of ministry that my wife and I have ever had. Tomorrow at 11 a.m. in Timson, people are going to receive in faith. They're going to receive a fresh anointing, a fresh fire. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be the best time that we've ever had. And it's in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, before I get started, I have a couple more announcements. Uh, that was our first announcement is that tomorrow that we will not be here at New Beginnings Church, but I encourage you, if you come here, come here. Don't follow us over there. Uh, Pastor John's got it. He's got it. He's got it locked down and tight here. Um, we'll be back next Sunday. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll actually be back for a passionate or the gathering tomorrow night. So I also want to say that. I also want to plug that. If you guys are looking to go deeper with the Lord, and you're not wanting to go to a church service, but you're wanting to go to a Holy Ghost meeting tomorrow night at 6 p.m. We'll be here at New Beginnings Church. It's going to be amazing. The pro we we let it, this is a place where it's not like a normal church service. We don't you know we don't stifle the Holy Ghost in our normal church services, but this is a place where the Holy Ghost has free reign to move and do whatever He wants through whoever He wants. Uh, we've we've had prophetic words given at the first one. We've had uh we had a a, a, a man that comes to our our church. I had no clue. I know Pastor John did, but that we found out he was a pastor and we all lined up and he laid hands on us and imparted the wisdom and the knowledge and the discipline and discernment that this younger generation needs in order to, get to, to, to take the baton from the older generation and run full speed ahead. Uh, as we usher in the presence of God one last time to this generation, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be powerful. I want to encourage you guys to show up to that. It's going to be great. Um, but anyway, that's important. But uh, a couple of more announcements. Uh, the 30th of this month, okay, we are going to be feeding the hungry. It's going to be at Jones Park here in Lufkin, Texas. If you're not familiar with it, you can just type in Jones Park, Lufkin, Texas. It'll bring you right to us. We're going to be preparing around 100 hot meals. I believe that it's going to be chili dogs. Um, my mom, Stephanie Nash, has uh, assembled a team. And uh, she's going to be assembling hot meals, and we're going to show up to the park, set up some tables and chairs, and just give back to our community. That's going to be an awesome, powerful time. We're also going to pray for each and every person that shows up. We're believing for souls at that event. Even though I won't be standing up with a microphone and preaching the gospel, we are going to get to have some one-on-one -on -one encounters with people. So we are believing for a mighty harvest of souls on October the 30th as we feed the hungry in Lufkin, Texas. Matthew 25, Jesus actually said... For I was hungry, and you gave me food to eat. And, uh, and, and the man that he was talking to said, but Jesus, you were never, you, you know, when were you hungry? When were you in prison? And Jesus said, truly, truly, I tell you that whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done unto me. So we believe that the way that you treat each and every person is how you would treat Jesus Christ himself if he were still walking this earth today. And so we want to make sure that we are stewarding every resource that we have adequately in order to fulfill the command in Matthew 25, correct? So on the 30th, we're going to be feeding the hungry. November the 27th, that is going to be, so Thanksgiving is going to be that Thursday on the 25th. And in the 27th, we're going to go back to Jones Park, and we are going to put on the biggest event that Victory 40 Day Ministries has ever put on. It's going to be huge. We're, that, we're going to bring out the sound system. We're going to bring out tables, chairs. We're going to bring out games, bingo, all different kinds of things. And pretty much what we're going to be doing is for the families that weren't or aren't able to 
provide a, a good Thanksgiving meal and Thanksgiving experience for their family. That's going to be a place where they can come and receive that. And we are excited and honored to be used by the Lord to be able to do that. Um, and so that's important. If you want to, sh- if you want to serve at these events, by the way, you are allowed and you are welcomed. In fact, you're encouraged to come serve at these events because we are going to need as many harvest workers as we can. The Bible tells us that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And I thank God that in every event that we've done so far, that has not been the case for us. And I'm standing in faith and believing that it won't be the case. But in that verse, what it's saying is that there are souls out there to be one, guys. But the problem is, is there's not enough harvesters. There's not enough laborers to actually go out from among the farmhouse and the barn into the field and gather the harvest. So if you would like to be someone that assists us, that actually goes out and uh, and gets the harvest, we would be honored for you to do that. Please make sure to message either me personally, my wife personally, or the Facebook page in which you're watching this event on. Uh, and then one more announcement, December the 11th, we are going to be having a Holy Ghost community bark party. If you guys were at the last one, you know that it was amazing. You know that it was very powerful. We had about 85 people show up the first day. We had about 30 people receive Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Uh, their names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life from now until eternity. And then we also had two confirmed Healings. One lady got in a car accident, or I can't remember exactly what kind of accident, some kind of automobile accident, and she couldn't move her shoulder. Well, I gave, I preached a message on healing and how it was God's will to undo the works of the devil, and uh, and that it was actually the devil that caused her to be crippled and was the devil that caused her arm to be rendered useless, and that God wanted to heal her and restore her arm, her shoulder, and he did. I laid my hands on her, and not by my power, not by my might, but through the power of God, she was completely and totally healed. We have videos of her before and after. Before, she was really stiff with uh, her left arm, and then she was able to swing that thing around like it had never been hurt, and we believe that God is still going to continue to pour out those signs, wonders, miracles uh, at this event as well. We also have a special guest band joining us, we have uh, Danny and Rachel Powell's band. It's going to be an awesome day. We're going to be giving away a free 50-inch TV. We're going to be giving away some gift cards. We're going to be giving away a lot of different stuff. You don't want to miss out on that. Mark your calendars for December 11th. That is going to be in Jones Park as well. We are going to blitz the, the area of North Lufkin with the gospel. We're going to go, we're going to go as hard. Hallelujah, my mic just died. Y'all give me a minute. I'm sorry about that. There we go. We're going to be doing those things. So December the 11th, mark your calendars. That's going to be powerful. Well, if you guys will, my wife's going to put on the, uh, she's going to put up the, uh, the, uh, the, the slides and play the music for about another two or three minutes. I want to encourage you while we do this, before you do that, I want to encourage you to share this broadcast and send it to every person on your friends list. Let's get people in here because the church, I believe that this is the word of God for this hour. And it's to express to God's people the importance of the five-fold ministry. What is the five-fold ministry? What is each of the fold's purposes? What does each office do? We're going to talk about that later tonight. Sweetie, if you'll roll that, make sure to share this with your friends. We'll be back in just a minute. Yeah, but 
Well, I forget that if the mic is on, you guys can still hear me. So you guys probably heard some stuff in the background. Uh, but today, I wanted to come on here and do something that I don't do a ton of, and that's to teach. I want to go ahead and teach on something that has been on my spirit. God has put it in my heart. I've been heavily convicted of this subject myself. So I don't want you to think I'm coming at you in any way like you're stupid or you're dumb. Or Listen, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is something that, you know, I, I really, I, I, can't hold you, I can't hold you to it. If you didn't know something, you didn't know something. But my goal today is to make sure that you are no longer ignorant of the importance of the fivefold ministry. And I believe that a lot of people in our day and age, especially the church, has pretty much abandoned the fivefold ministry. Now, nowadays, here's what you have. Back in the old days, in, the, in Kenneth E. Hagin's uh, uh, and all those wonderful great men of God's day, Billy Graham, you had the fivefold ministry operating fluently with one another. You know, it was nothing to go into a church and a Sunday a prophet come, and then a couple months later an evangelist come, and then a couple months later uh, an apostle come. And that's because the, that people understood the importance of the five-fold ministry. Nowadays, what we have is we have pastors that will go to other pastors and they'll say, hey, man, you want to come preach at your church and I'll go preach at my church or, or, and I'll go preach at your church? And that's not the way that it works. That's not biblical Christianity. That is not biblical Christianity. And I'm going to explain to you exactly what the importance of the five-fold ministry is. And so I'm going to go ahead and jump in this today. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to take notes. This is going to be a very brief teaching, so I want to encourage you to stay engaged with me. Give me some, uh, some hand clap emojis in the comments. Give me some hallelujahs in the comments. And also make sure to take notes because you do not want to miss what I'm going to be talking about today. If you're taking notes today, you can put the importance of the fivefold ministry because that is the title for today's broadcast. So the question is, what is the fivefold ministry? I've told you how important it is, but now I want to break down for you what exactly is the fivefold ministry through the lens of Scripture. And so if you will, I want you to turn to uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. Sweetheart, you can just put the whole slide on the screen if you want to. Uh, Ephesians 4, we're going to go Ephesians 4 and start in chapter or, or start in verse 11. I'm going to give you guys a second to get there. Verse 11 actually says this. Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. The body of Christ. This will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now that question that I asked you guys, what is the fivefold ministry? And I want you somebody to put this in the comments. I'm going to tell you. The fivefold ministry is made up of five different offices and here they are. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers. Now, according to Scripture, in verse 11, it says that these are gifts from Jesus Christ himself to the church, right? And I don't know about you, but when Christ gives gifts to his church, they're good gifts, amen? These are gifts 
that Christ gave to the church, it says in verse 11. But here's the thing. Most churches treat the five-fold ministry like they are more of a burden than they are a gift. The five-fold ministry, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists. You know, pastors and teachers, you know, people don't have a problem with pastors and teachers. But it's, it, it, when it comes to the prophets and it comes to the apostles and it comes to the even, even so much, we're starting to see this in our day, that the, that the evangelist is not even welcome to operate within the four walls of the church. And that's not good. But here's why. Because the Bible tells us in verse 11 that these people, that these offices are Christ's gifts to the church. He didn't say that your five-star media production team was Christ's gift to your church, although they are important and they are gifts, okay? But they are not the most important things. We have churches that are focusing far too much and focusing far too much attention on how the lights look. Is there enough smoke? Is the piano player's keys, you know, is it turned at just the right volume? And why I am not negating that those things are important and it's great to have great production if you're able to, those should not be your primary primary focus, your primary focus should be to make sure that your church is embracing the entirety of the five-fold ministry. Every office of, a five, of the five-fold ministry should be operating in your church. You should have apostles that come to your church, prophets that come to your church, evangelists that come to your church, pastors and teachers that come to your church. Amen. These are Christ's gifts to the church. Verse 11. But most of church today treats them like they are a burden. Read verse 12. So I told you what the fivefold ministry is. Nobody's writing in the comments, so I'll say it again. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. What do they do? Or what, what, who are they? What are they? They are gifts to Christ. Gifts from Christ to the church, verse 11. Verse 12, I want to read this to you. What is their responsibility? What is the responsibility and the purpose of the five-fold ministry? What is their purpose? And let's go straight to Scripture. Verse 12 reads this. Verse 12 reads this. Let me read it to you. It says, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. Let me go down to verse 16. So their responsibility is to equip, listen to this, is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church. The five-fold ministry is what builds the church. Not how well you can put together an intellectually sound sermon, not your lights, not your, not the, not your welcome goodie baskets that you can put together and give to gifts, although those things are important. It is the Five-fold ministry that builds the church of Christ. Amen? And so their responsibility is to equip God's people, do his work, and build up the church. This is what verse 16 says. It's important. Let's skip all the way down to verse 16. It says, he makes the whole body fit perfectly together as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing in fullness of love. So each office specializes in different areas. Like body parts, they all do different things. But they work together to make one perfect body. They work together to make one perfect body. Amen? So number three. Number two, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. 
And number three, each office has a specific responsibility and serves a specific purpose in the body of Christ. See, here's what the church has tried to do. The church has tried to convince people that we no longer need the prophet. You know, that we no longer need the apostle. And though that we no longer need the evangelist. Let me tell you something. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians that we all make up one body. And one part cannot say to the other, I don't need you. Because, and the reason that that is, is because all of the body parts have to work together to make one complete perfect, functionable body. Amen? And so what happens when the pastors and the teachers turn to the prophets and say, I don't need you, what they're actually doing is they're taking this word and they're going, I don't need what this, I know the word says that we need all five gifts, but you know what? Let me just throw this away. We're going to do things my way. We don't need the prophets and the, and the, and the apostles. All we need is the pastor. How about this? Instead of, instead of inviting the evangelist to our church, I'll invite another pastor to come speak at my church. It doesn't work that way. A pastor is the shepherd. His job is to manage the house of God and to lead the house of God, right? The prophet's job, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and get into this, even though I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. The prophet's job, a prophet is a seer, right? An S-E-E-E-R, a seer or a revealer. And so what a prophet does is he receives direction from the Lord, not just for himself, but for the entire body, right? There, of the body of Christ, there's only one head, and the head of that body is Jesus Christ. And so the, the head doesn't give 19 different words through 19 different people. He gives the same word to, the, to, different, to different prophets. And so a prophet is a seer or revealer. What he does is he receives direction from the Lord, and then he proclaims it to the people of the church. The pastor's job, that is not the pastor's job, although there are some pastors that can operate in the prophetic realm, and they do. Our pastor operates in the prophetic realm pretty often, okay? But what Pastor John, my pastor, does is he makes sure that we do not negate and neglect the importance of the voice of the prophet because the voice of the prophet is providing the church the word of the Lord for this hour. And if you are not tuned in to the prophet's ministry and you're not listening to what the prophets are saying, then you're not listening to what the Lord is saying. Amen? And so that's why it's important. Yes, the pastors and the teachers are important, but the pastors and the teachers cannot look at the prophet and say, I actually don't need you. That is exactly, that, that completely and totally negates New, uh, New Testament Christianity. Jesus is, or Paul is actually telling us here that Every single body part is needed to make up the full, the full and perfect body of Christ. And so what a pastor does is he shepherds. What he does is he's pretty much the general manager of the church, correct? What he does is people come in, he leads the church, he manages the church. That's his job, right? Most pastors are also teachers, okay? Most pastors are also teachers of the word, obviously, because they're behind the pulpit. But not all the time is a pastor... An apostle, a prophet, and an evangelist, right? Right? The only, the only part of the fivefold ministry that is all five, that operates in all five fluently, is the apostle. The five, my pastor says it like this. The fivefold ministry is like a hand, and the, the apostle is the thumb, meaning here's, here's evangelism, here's prophecy, 
here's preaching, here's teaching, here's apostleship, okay? The apostle is the only finger that can touch every other finger on the hand. If the fivefold ministry were a hand, the, the apostle is the only one who can operate in all five fluently all at the same time, correct? And so I, I know that today's teaching is a little bit different and a little bit more confusing. I wanted to have Pastor John on here pretty quick because he is very knowledgeable and wise about these things. But I just want to let you know, back to what we were saying, is that there is a massive importance it is critical to the health of the body of Christ that all five offices are being allowed to operate within the body of Christ. Because what happens is when we start, when the hand starts saying to the leg, I don't need you, the body is imperfect. And it, yes, it's still a body. And yes, it can still somewhat function, but it's not functioning to the maximum capacity that it can function at. Amen. We need the prophets. We need the evangelists. We need the apostles. I, listen. Pastors, and this, I, I'm going to step on your toes for a minute. I know that you might not have gotten to be the starting quarterback of your high school football team and to be the star, okay? But this is not your high school football team. You are not the star. Jesus is. And when Jesus gives us commandments, we have to follow those commandments. We have to follow what's in this word. We have to follow the formula. What better recipe to follow than the recipe that come from Jesus Christ and Apostle Paul himself? We cannot, out of the desire to be the hero, out of the desire to be the guy, out of the, and I know some of you pastors, I know I get it. You're so nervous because if you bring in a prophet, what if he gives a a kooky word. This is what the Bible says. It says if they give a kooky word, listen to what is good, take it in, receive it, and reject what is evil. You need to make sure that you're bringing in the prophet. You need to make sure that you're bringing in the evangelist. Amen? I hope all of this is making sense, and I hope I'm adequately communicating it with you. Because I need you to understand that without the office of the prophet, the church of Christ has no direction. You want to know why the church is so disunified in the directions that it's going right now? It's because they don't adhere to the words of the prophet. And the words of the prophet, as I said earlier, are the, is the direction from the Lord himself. The prophet delivers the word of the Lord for this hour. And our job as Christ followers, as the other four offices of the, uh, of the, uh, of the fivefold ministry, is to get in line with what those prophets are saying and not just hear the prophecies, but begin to do the things that the prophet is telling us to do. Sweetheart, if you could, I know that I'm putting you on the spot here, but could you pull up Dutch Sheets, give him 15 for, t for yesterday? And I want to play it, and I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about. Because what we have today is we have a directionless church. And anything that doesn't have direction will eventually crash. You can write that down. Anything that doesn't have direction will surely come to ruin. And so the only place for you to get direction is, yes, from the Holy Spirit. Yes, we all have the inner witness. Yes, the Holy Spirit will speak to us in our ear and tell us where to go, whether to the right or to the left. Yes, those things are absolutely true. But we cannot negate the importance of the office of the prophet who gives us as an entire church body, not just for America, but as, as the church of Christ all over the world, is to give us direction. Amen. And so I'm going to play a guy. Do you have it pulled up, sweetheart? Uh, here in just a second, you can just give me a thumbs up when you got it ready. No pressure. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a clip from one of my favorite prophets to listen to.
If you don't listen to the prophets, you don't know how to combat what the, how the enemy is coming against the church in this hour. If you're not listening to the words of the prophets, you're not receiving direction from the Lord and going the direction that he would have his church go. And I'm telling you, anybody that tells you that the prophets have ceased, that the gifts have ceased, are not living in covenant and are not living in, uh, <laughs> y'all have to bear with us. We're going, off the, we're going off the script here. And are not living within the confines of New Testament Christianity. The Bibles, here's the verse that they try to use, that there's no more prophets, that there's no more prophecy. The gifts have ceased. No, they haven't. Here's what the verse actually says. It says in 1 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 13. Please, please, please find that and confirm that for me, sweetheart. Where it says, it says this. It says, that love is the greatest gift of all, for prophecy will cease. The gift of tongues will cease. It wasn't talking about that the gift of tongues and prophecy would cease right then and there when the apostles died. It was talking about once the church of Christ has been made completely and totally perfect, which will not happen until Christ comes back for his church, then the gifts will continue to operate. 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 2. Hallelujah, I remembered it. And then it also says it again here. He said, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. Pastors, the prophet is not sent to be a threat to your ministry. The prophet is sent into the, into the four walls of your church to help you grow, to give you direction, to tell you what it is that your church, the church of Christ, needs to be doing in this hour. Do not push away the prophet, because the Bible says it right here. He makes the whole body, the whole, <laughs> the whole body fit together. Uh, the whole body, the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. Each part helps the other part grow. And each part has a specific job. And prophets, you cannot look at the pastor and say, we don't need the pastors. No, you do need the pastors. All five offices of the fivefold ministry are needed in order for the church, the body of Christ, to do its work perfectly. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Here's what it says. It says, when it talks about the gifts the, uh, the five uh, offices. It says this will continue until we uh, all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Meaning until we have become the perfect body, all of us, then these five offices will are needed to operate within the body of Christ. And here's what I wanted to do. I want to go ahead and play this video. This is Dutch Sheets. He is a very accredited, very trustworthy vo uh, voice of the Lord. And here's what a prophet is. Another word for prophet, another way to describe a prophet is somebody who speaks directly from the Lord. He is a mouthpiece from God. And so Dutch Sheet is exactly that, and he does a very good job. And so, sweetheart, if you want to go ahead and switch over, we're going to listen to Give Him 15 for yesterday. And I want you to listen, and I want you to take notes. Give him 15. The title of today, and by the way, before I give you the title, I just want to mention again the different background. Uh, we are doing some work in the building where the studio is, and we'll have it done soon. But for a day or two, we're using a different room and a different backdrop.
The title of our post today is, It's Time to Think Differently. I've been speaking much recently on changing the way we think. I've probably mentioned it eight to ten times in messages over the past few months. Obviously, different seasons require different ways of thinking. Not conforming to this principle can be costly. In a cold season, one dresses differently than in a warm season. On vacation, hopefully, one thinks differently than while at work. In harvest season, one thinks differently than in the planting season. Seasons change, and so must we. John the Baptist was called a forerunner because he ran before Christ, preparing the way for his coming. One of the ways in which he prepared for people or pre- prepared the people for Christ's entrance was by telling them to change their thinking. The actual meaning of the word repent, one of John's main commands, is to think differently. It does not actually mean to go a different direction, as most people think. Going a different direction is the end result of repentance. When we receive a revelation or enlightenment, a new way of thinking from Holy Spirit, we can turn go His way. We can do what He says to do, and we can do it in the way He says to do it. Sure enough, when Jesus appeared on the scene, He started doing things differently. He taught differently. He corrected wrong doctrine and theology. He denounced the evolved religious traditions in Judaism that were not in line with Scripture or God's heart. He worked miracles of healing. He overrode the laws of nature with his faith, authority, and power. He cast out demons. Those who followed him had to think differently. No revival in past history has looked like the previous revival. This is due to several factors. Holy Spirit is building on what he did in the previous revival. Therefore, he's obviously doing different things. And he's doing it in a different time. Therefore, a different culture. And there are other reasons also. This is why he tells us to keep ourselves flexible, comparing us to a wineskin. What might he do differently in the coming outpouring of Holy Spirit? We will see the full expression of Christ's five ministry gift anointings. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. We will see how he intended for them to work together, multiplying power and effectiveness. Hey, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that sheets up there, but I do want to reiterate on what he just said. He said that the five-fold ministry, pretty much what he's saying, is going to operate in a way that we've never seen before. And here's the, here's, what, here's the thing. You don't just listen to what the prophets are saying. You take it to your prayer closet and pray, God, here's the word of the Lord for the hour. Here's your, the word, here's your word for the hour. What is my role to play? If you don't know... What, what your role is to play, it's because you're not listening to the, to the voice of the Holy Spirit for you. 
Get in your prayer closet, ask him, Lord, what is my role? Am I to be a teacher, preacher, a, a prophet, evangelist, or apostle? Am I just called to, to fund the body of Christ? What am I called to do? When you hear the, vo- the word of the Lord like this, you need to take it seriously. Heed to the word of the Lord and, uh, and, and, do, and be obedient to what it is that the word of the Lord is for the hour. Go ahead. We will see how this mixes with the new level of worship Holy Spirit has produced in the body of Christ in the last 20 to 30 years. We'll see the dramatic impact of 21st century technology on revival. We will see how all of this enables the church to disciple individuals and nations more effectively. This brings me to my final statement regarding what we might see. We will not only see Christ's commission of Mark 16, 15 to 18 fulfilled, we will also see that of Matthew 28, 18 to 20 fulfilled. The Mark 16 passage is about revival or awakening. It speaks of preaching the gospel and getting people saved, baptized, filled with the Spirit, delivered, and healed. The Matthew 28 passage is about reformation. It speaks of discipling or reforming nations teaching them God's ways, principles, and commandments. It is teaching people, entire nations, to live by the principles of the kingdom of heaven. Seeing these two activities of the kingdom working in tandem will be something to behold. Much of the fruit produced by the charismatic movement and Jesus people movement of the late 60s 70s and early 80s was lost over the next decade or two. This is because the movement was about Mark 16 only, getting people saved, but neglected the discipling of nations, Matthew 28. While the church did Mark 16, humanists, secularists, and atheists did Matthew 28 discipling our nation to their doctrines and beliefs. They did so through government, education, media, entertainment, and other systems, all while the church was content to leave those areas alone and practice our religion. This flawed paradigm of the church is how you have one of the greatest out. Man, I, I tell you what, I love Dutch sheets. I and I, I also want to tell say this. I love my pastor. I love and am thankful for my pastor because sometimes he says things, you know, that really make me think and that really convict me, that pull me away from falsehoods, that pull me away from you know disobedience. And so I want to say this, the job of the pastor is to shepherd you. If you have a pastor and your pastor pulls you in his office or your pastor sends you a text message and your, or your pastor comes up to you after church and says, hey, I want to talk to you about something, and he brings scripture, the last thing that you need to do is go leave his office and go make a post on Facebook about how your pastor is the devil. Your pastor is not trying to hurt your feelings. 
And if you have a good pastor, he doesn't care if he hurts your feelings. But they're not trying to hurt your feelings. They're not trying to manipulate you. They're not trying to get you to drink the Kool-Aid. They are desperately, desperately, desperately trying to shepherd you down the narrow and straight road that leads to heaven. And so if you have a pastor that has corrected you on something, heed to that correction. I have a good rule of thumb. If anybody brings correction to you with the word, whether or not you think it's valid or not, take it to the prayer closet. God, so-and-so, you know, he, my pastor brought this thing to me. Most of the time, I'll tell you one thing. I cannot think of one instance where my pastor, Pastor John Wallace, has brought me into his office and told me something that he felt that was on his spirit and in his heart, some kind of correction or rebuttal or rebuke that I didn't go pray about and the Lord didn't reveal and confirm to me that what he was saying was true. Why? Because my pastor understands that it, it, this is what religion will do. Religion is let me show you how much I know about God. Relation, or religion says let me show you how much I know about God. But relationship says, let me show you how to know God. Let me show you how to develop a relationship with him so that whenever your pastor does he give you these corrections, you heed to them. Paul says that correction is like sweet medicine to me. Paul, Paul literally goes off and he said he loved correction. I love correction. When I if, if 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 I do a teaching or something, God forbid, and I teach something wrong or I say something out of context, and my pastor calls me up and says, "Hey, you you know I, I thought your life was good and everything, but there was one part. You know, you kind of took that verse out of context. You know uh, what a re, what what the devil would have you do is to take that and to get offended." And so what happens is, is now you're offended at your pastor who wasn't coming at you to make you feel bad, but is just coming to you and giving you good biblical correction so that you can. <laughs> it's almost like this is in the scripture. So that as verse 16 says, so that the whole body may fit together perfectly. And as each, each part of the body helps the other parts grow. When your pastor corrects you, he's not doing it in spite. He's doing it what verse, because of verse 16. It says he wants you to grow. Heed the words of your pastors. If you don't hear anything that I say today, heed the words of your pastors. And if you have a pastor that has never said anything controversial, or you don't, have, or you have a pastor that has never stood firm on the word of God, you have a pastor that the, you know that is afraid to correct you. You don't have a pastor. You have a president of a country club who wants nothing more than your tithe dollars. The Bible says that the love of money is a root of all evil. I'm going to teach here for a second. The love of money is the root of all evil. The reason that pastors will not stand firm on God's word is because they know it will offend their biggest tithers. Or they're afraid it will offend somebody who, who they know is going to write a check big enough for the mortgage note for the month. Can I tell you something? If you go to a church where your pastor says things like, well, we, you know, we just don't talk about abortion and homosexuality, leave. You are not in the right church. If you go to a church and your pastor says things like, well, you know, Romans 13, we're just going to close down. You know, they're going to leave that church. Your pastor, and I, I, I know this is going to step on some feet, and that's okay. Your pastor is a coward. And I love you all. But if your pastor is, that your church is still closed down, you do not have a pastor. You have a wolf in sheep's clothing. And I, I know that that's tough, and I know that that's abrupt, and I know that that's very, very, very abrasive. 
But you need a pastor who's willing to stand firm on the truth of God's word and deliver it unapologetically. Do you know how many people have left our church offended at the truth? A lot of people, and I love every one of them. But they, I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying the people that have left in response of my pastor or myself preaching the truth, it is not our job to serve you ice cream. It is not our job to make you happy, okay? You need to understand that. That is not your pastor's job. Your pastor's job is to lead you down the path that is narrow and straight. The Bible says that, you know, that narrow is the road. And there, there is such a broad road to hell, you won't even know if you're on it. But pastor's job is to guide you down the correct road, the correct direction. And sometimes when you want to veer off right and he corrects you, yeah, it's going to hurt a little bit. It's supposed to. Heed to your pastor's correction. I'm going to stop getting off topic. But I felt that in my spirit and I wanted to say that. But as we listen to Dutch Sheets, if you listen to what he was saying, he is not just he's not just getting on there and just teaching. He is giving a prophetic word. What is the Lord speaking to the church in this hour? That's what Dutch Sheets is doing. And what we ought to do is get in line with the voice of people like Dutch Sheets. And I'll say this, Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland is a major prophetic voice in our day and age. I don't care what you think about his theology. Kenneth Copeland. Uh, another one is, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I forget his name. Robin Bullock. Another one is Robin Bullock. He t- and if you listen to the three people that I just named, they're not saying three different things. They're all saying the exact same thing at the exact same time, meaning that they are, li- they are hearing from the same voice, and that's the voice of the Lord. And we need to make sure that as the body that we get in tune and in line with what the voice of the Lord is saying for this hour. I hope you guys enjoyed this broadcast. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do a quick overview of what we talked about. I pray that this made sense. I pray that it was palpable. I pray that you're able to consume and 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 digest this perfectly. I know that it was a little bit of a rough one because, you know, I said some things that might uh, step on a few folks' toes, and that's okay. Like I always say, I'd rather you limp into heaven with broken toes than walk into hell with a healthy foot. Amen. So what we talked about is we talked about the importance of the five-fold ministry. What is the five-fold ministry? Ephesians uh, Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 12 tells us this. This is what the gifts of the, this is what uh, the the five-fold ministry is. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Those, that is the five-fold ministry. And what are their purpose? Their purpose is they are, or what are they? They are gifts from the church are gifts from Christ to the church. It says that in verse 11. And we talked about how most churches don't even treat them like they're gifts. We treat them like they're a burden. And we treat them like they're the redheaded stepchildren. And in all reality, they are crucial. They are essential for the perfect functionality of the body of Christ. Verse 12 tells us that their responsibility is to equip God's people. The prophet plays a big role in equipping God's people with direction. The apostle plays uh, a key role. The evangelist, the pastor, the teachers, all five offices play a key role in equipping God's people to do his work and building up the church. The fivefold ministry, the fivefold evangelists are the construction workers of the modern day church. They are the pillars of the church. Each office, each office specializes in different areas, just like a body part. My hands are not meant for walking. My feet are. But even though my feet can walk, my feet cannot pick things up unless you're some kind of freak. 
my, hand, my feet cannot pick things up, so my feet still need my hands. Just in the same way, the pastor needs the prophet. The prophet needs the evangelist. All of those good things, they work together to make one perfect body. And each role has one specific, has a, uh, a specific responsibility and serves a specific purpose in the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, the people that say that they don't need prophets, they don't need the evangelist, are people that are not adhering to New Testament Christianity, and you need to leave their church immediately. I'm telling you that, and I'm being sincere, and I know that that hurts your feelings. But if you're if you if you've been to your church, going to your church for 15 years, and you've never had a prophet or an evangelist come, leave. Um, but we, you know, and I said earlier, pastors, we have pastors that are trying to do everything by themselves. Pastors, I know that you think you can, and maybe maybe you can put maybe you can do a good job. But you cannot, you cannot operate the church the way that it was meant to operate by yourself. You need all the other four folds of the ministry. Uh, what are each of the office's purposes? We'll talk about that next week. Uh, long story short, we need the five-fold ministry, the importance of the five-fold ministry. It is essential. It is crucial. It is essential. It is crucial. Without f- all five offices of the five-fold ministry, We have no perfect body. I love you guys, and let me pray for you real quick. God, I thank you so much for this awesome time that I get to have with the people that are watching this video. I pray that everything made sense. I pray that they were able to consume and digest everything the way that it needs to be consumed and digested. I pray that they wouldn't just hear this and scoff at it, God, but they would genuinely pray about what I said and that they would, they would find a prophet to listen to. They would find an evangelist to bring to their church. They would find an apostle uh, to sit underneath so that they may know they may have extra you know, guidance and, 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 and direction for their church, God. And God, that the, the offices of the prophet and the evangelist and the apostles would also not negate the need for the office of the pastors and teachers. We ask that all five, in this hour, God, we ask that all five offices would understand and realize their need for one another in order for the church of Christ to be perfected. We pray that there are pastors all over this country right now being convicted that there's a need for the evangelist and the prophet to be brought into their church and, and to operate And I thank you so much that that's happening right now in this hour, God. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Well, guys, before we get off here, I never want to end a broadcast without giving people the opportunity to give their lives to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something, guys. We make a lot of important decisions in life. Who to marry, uh, when to have kids, when our kids get old enough, what school to send them to, what college to send them to, what car to buy them. Should we get full coverage? Should we get liability? We have all different types of decisions in life that we have to make. But the most important decision, the only decision that really matters in a person's life is to, uh, the decision to live for Jesus Christ. And so if you're watching this broadcast today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I pray that you'd, I pray that you'd right now you'd let me pray for you. God, reveal yourself in a way that only you could. God, they, let them feel your presence through the screen, God. Let them feel your love. Let them feel your joy. Let them feel every single aspect of who you are right now, God. Lord, in your word, you said, are you are, are all who are weary and heavy burdened, come unto me and I'll give you rest. God, it's, it's that initial step that we have to take, though, to come ye unto you. But, God, before people will take that step, I pray that you would allow them to have an experience and an encounter with your presence. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you feel God's presence on you right now, 
or maybe you don't feel God's presence, but you know he's real and you want to give your life to him. The Bible tells us in Romans, all that we have to do is believe in our heart. That's step one. Believe in our heart and then confess with our mouth. But here's the thing. Confessing with your mouth alone is not how you get saved. I could confess anything with my mouth. I love the way my pastor puts it. If I went to China and started speaking in English and had everyone in China cop say, copy me, and they said the Lord's Prayer and they said the sinner's prayer, would they be saved? No, because they don't know what they're saying. And the same way that that is truth, so it's truth that you must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that he's coming back for his church one day. If you'd like to believe on Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I ask that you bow your head and close your eyes with me. God, I thank you so much for your son, die, sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. I pray today that those that are receiving Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, believing on Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray that they would make a, a decision today to live for you. I want you to repeat this after me if you're praying this prayer with me. Lift up your hands and say, Jesus, thank you for what you did on Calvary. Thank you for taking my place and bearing my sin so that I could have my relationship with God restored. I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that you are Lord. I repent of my sins. I turn away from wickedness, and I run full force ahead towards righteousness and everything that you have for me. Now, this is important. Continue to lift your hands and say, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, baptize me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you that there are people that are going to watch this broadcast, Lord, and they're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They're going to be equipped for every good work that you have for them. And we thank you so much that people are going to get saved from this broadcast. It's in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen. Well, honey, if you'll put the giving slide up, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give you guys an opportunity to sow into our ministry. I heard someone say on TikTok the other day that not to give to people that ask you to sow into their ministry. You're a moron. That is completely and totally contradictory to what New Testament Christianity is. Uh, the Bible tells us to bring into the bring all of our tithes into the storehouse, and God will pour out a blessing so great that you won't even be able to contain it. So if you feel led, I don't want you to feel to give out of pressure. The Bible says don't give out of pressure, but each man must decide in their heart how much they should give. God loves a cheerful giver. If you're giving out of obligation today, please do me a favor, do yourself a favor, and don't give me any of your money because. Uh, I don't believe that a joyous seed will be blessed. Give cheerfully today if you want to give. The Bible says that he who gives is blessed. Amen. I pray that as you give today that your seed will be multiplied, pressed down, shaken together, and running over to make room for more. I pray that everyone that gives a seed today, that sows a seed into the ministry, God, that as each seed, even though they may not physically be at our events, that they would reap a reward uh, of their seed. It's in Jesus' name that we say, amen. You can put the camera back on me. I love you guys, and I'm so thankful that for each and every one of you. I pray that you would continue to watch our broadcast. I pray that you would continue uh, to be blessed by it. Continue to come and listen with an open mind. Take notes. Be studious, guys. 
Guys, I, I have been in ministry for five and a half years, six years, or five, five, five and a half years now. And when my pastor preaches, I sit on the front row with my notebook and my Bible, taking notes, receiving. You can never get to a place where you can't receive, especially from somebody who has the Spirit of the Lord on the inside of them. So I love you guys. God bless you. I'll see you guys uh, either tomorrow or Monday. Mwah! Be blessed.